off top, football is dangerous, obviously, and it's not going anywhere. I feel like in the wake of all the discussion of Tua's uh, seems like back-to-back concussions, uh, those two facts seem obvious but important to point out. And Tua's injury is ugly and uncomfortable, and it makes us all cringe, and it gives us all an opportunity to like kind of get up on our soapbox and point at the NFL and point at the supposed independent um, neurologists and, and point at the concussion protocol and say it's all broken and and something's wrong and they should fix it and they're the problem. But I'm not sure that that's true, honestly. Uh, it's obviously something, this was a mistake or not a mistake. This was a terrible incident. Like it, it obviously this individual incident is a problem, but we don't have like a rash of these things happening to players throughout the, the league. That's not what the problem is. We do have a problem with football, but focusing all of our attention on this particular incident, I think misses the bigger problem. And the bigger problem is that football is dangerous and it's not going anywhere. And it's not dangerous because only because you can have really gruesome, ugly hits that end up with players being strapped on the stretchers and having their face masks removed and carried off of the field into an ambulance straight to, straight to the hospital. Obviously, that's dangerous, but it's also dangerous when it doesn't happen. When you play an entire game and you shake hands afterwards and you go back to your locker room, you've already done you've done damage to your brain. All the players who participated in that game have done damage to their brain. It happens in practice. It happens in games. It happens at lower levels of football. And it happens, obviously, at the highest level of football. And when you go from a game on Sunday to a game on Thursday, you increase the risk of those injuries and you increase the impact of those injuries. And those aren't going away. I, I don't know of the helmet that has that's going to be created in the future. Maybe there's a helmet in the future that will make it so no hit has a subconcussive episode. I see that as very difficult because when you're moving at this speed and your brain is moving inside your your cranium, it can hit your skull. And there's no way to put padding inside someone's skull. So all that aside, I think while I don't believe the NFL should be let off the hook or the Dolphins or anyone who was involved in making this decision, I also think we need to put ourselves on the us in the media who profit from this, us as fans who enjoy this game, and even the owners who are profiting quite a bit off of this. I mean, especially them. I think we want to absolve ourselves of whatever guilt or responsibility we have by saying they know the risk that they've signed up for. But to be fair, they don't know the risk because we don't know how many hits someone can take. It's different for different players or how many like contacts they can have. And we don't know if there's some health precursors that suggest that make people more likely or more um, susceptible to CTE. But we do know that if you play football, particularly at this level, that you have increased the risk of uh, CTE and all the terrible side effects that come along with it and dementia. And there's a, a list of players 
who have risen. And there's a list of players whose symptoms have gotten so bad that they thought the best solution was to kill themselves. And that is a scary thought to have. And it's, it feels comfortable for us to go back to what we know and celebrate ideas like toughness and, and being there for your team and overcoming injuries and all that. We're going to do it. And we're going to go back to enjoying the games this weekend, which we should, but I think always in the back of our minds and in the front of our minds, hopefully going forward, we have to understand that this game is not fixed. And even if we fix the protocol so that no one returns to a game the way that two did, that's not going to change the fact that everyone who plays this game uh, is increasing their risk of CTE every Sunday that they play the game, even if we don't stop the game to gather around them in a prayer circle and clap for them when they're carted off. That doesn't have to happen for a player to do damage to their brain. All right, play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, I wanted to talk to uh, another former player and a close friend and neighbor, my man, Dequell Jackson, played with him in Maryland, played for the played in the NFL for a long time for the Browns and the Colts, Pro Bowls, linebacker, also Athletes Unplugged podcast right now. You can listen to him there. But I don't know, like these, you and I have had these conversations. I, I Often, and it's a tough conversation to have with someone who doesn't fully understand it. But what go, what comes to your mind when you see what happened to Tua in the game on Thursday night? It's a constant reminder. When I saw Tua go down, it reminded me of just how fortunate I was uh, to play for 11 mm-hmm. seasons to only be diagnosed with two concussions. And we can talk about the the type of concussions I had in a second, but it just, it, it brought everything full perspective, you know, in terms of my family, my son, you know, he's a very energetic guy, a little boy, and he's really rough. He likes to tackle me and he knows that he played football and all those good things, but yeah. you know, it's scary. It, it, it was very, it, it yeah. very scary to know you play such a violent sport and I know every guy out there has a he's playing for different reasons. Right. And go. And last week, seeing him stumble, I knew right away because I had a friend to go through that. I knew right away he should not be back on that field and to come back in a short week and to have this happen. Uh, it, it's scary. It's frightening, to say the least. Do you and um, your wife, Christina, ever talk like Ashley? I just um, talked to Ashley about it and i was wondering if how much you worry about yourself and have you and christina had any conversations because we didn't know and you played linebacker like there's a lot of uh head contact and we don't know whether it's or we do know that like the subconcussive episodes accumulation of doing playing football can lead to uh cte and long-term damage have you and and christina had any conversations about you because i know you i mean i know you have concerns about it because we're friends and we have these conversations because i have similar concerns so how yeah how often do you talk about it and and what do you guys talk about i mean so this will be 
five years removed from the game and I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on. You know, the transition is different for everyone. So when I got through that phase and started talking to a therapist, I was able to open up a lot to Christina about some of the things that I was dealing with. So we talk about it a lot. To answer your question mm -hmm. flat out, we talk about it a lot because I'm so hypersensitive to it because now I have a lot of friends who have battled with mental issues and there was there was an incident as far as less than a month ago you know and i got yeah i remember yeah, that one. you know and and it, it's yeah. just become a reoccurring thing that's happening throughout the friends who are retired that you always talk about it we always talk about it and i've had some uh rough spots and dark spots where i had to get help yeah. i had to seek help because i mean you just get in a weird place and you don't know what's the cause of it and at the very least, you don't want to burn your family from all the 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 mm -hmm. what I signed up for. No, that, that, it, it's it's scary. But yeah, the uh, a couple I guess it was about a month or a couple months ago. Um, we both got contacted because a former player was like going through right. some things and was threatening violence on his family and whatever and like trying to figure out how to deal with that without calling the police because he's black and you don't want to send the police to the house but you also don't want to um do nothing right. but fortunately me and you and we called some resources at the pa and like we were able to get the guy help and get to a place where everyone was safe and nothing went that wrong was scary man that was scared. People, That's scary people, as hell. <laughs> I don't know if the general population deal with the amount of trauma and the amount of mm -hmm. friends, a friend circle, a community of people that we have to deal with that's dealing with some sort of mental lapse or mental things they don't know what they're mm -hmm. going through. And if the significant others aren't educated enough or don't know someone in the area like yourself or myself, you know, what do they do? So it, it, it goes far beyond what we watched last night, far beyond what we watch on Sundays and Monday nights. So this conversation is 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 definitely one that doesn't go away amongst the football community. And it's something that I think the general uh, public really, truly doesn't understand the, the depth of it. Yeah, that um, the idea that. Uh, <sighs> yeah, um, when I hear about those stories and we hear about them far too often, I think the public knows about the big ones where there's a suicide, like Sayal, Duerson, Waters, Javon Belcher, who right. shot his girlfriend and then shot himself, or even like Aaron Hernandez, who committed suicide in, in prison and he had CTE, or Chris Henry, who right. who fell off of the back of that car and and then they saw in his brain he had CTE. They hear about those big ones, and then even me and you, like a teammate, a former teammate, or just a, a another former player will, or their wife or somebody will reach out to us because they're going through something that's dramatic. Like no one calls for the small stuff, but I often think about like how, how many guys are going through something and like, and their families are going through it with them, but it's not big enough to get media attention or it's not big enough to call somebody. And it's like, it could still be bad. I, I told Ashley earlier, that like I feel like I'm quicker to anger now than I ever was before. And like it's not it's not like um dangerous. Like I don't right. like scream at anybody in the house or hit anybody in the house, but like things that I know would not have upset me nearly as much 
upset yeah. me more now. And like, maybe that's normal or maybe it's something else. And it's just <clears throat> terrifying. So it, it, you- it, it really is. We're, we're so hyper focused on our emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and any little thing. Is it a trigger? Is it a sign of anything? So we have conversations all the time. It's like, hey, babe, you know, like a check in. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, like, you know, do you see if uh, do you feel like I'm not myself and uh, I'm, I'm not remembering things the way I did before? You know, I'm always asking these questions. And I want her to be brutally honest with me because I don't want a situation to be I don't want a situation, this situation to grow to the point where I don't see it myself, which in the case you pro- I probably won't. Yeah, it's hard to. Right. Because it's, it's hard to. Yeah, so your brain is if your brain is acting up, your brain is not also going to recognize that your brain is acting up and right. they have to recognize it, which I, I think could cause for a whole bunch more tension trying to have uh, because yeah, I don't know. Nobody wants to hear that. And I think that's it's important to have these conversations beforehand. Right. You know, like and to, to have you have opened a good line with Christina, something that I think Ashley and I haven't done a good enough job of is like having these conversations because you can't just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, just be like, Hey, something wrong with you. (laughs) Like, no, we need to have these conversations and address it. And I haven't gone to therapy and I need, I probably need to do that. too. It's the best thing. Listen, to have a completely unbiased opinion. um, I thought when, when I decided to go, this was before the pandemic. I thought I was like, man, I'm kind of okay, but it won't hurt. And then I I was like, you know what? Let's talk. And for me, I wanted someone that understood my plight. Right. So I wanted a a black figure or a a black therapist because I wanted to dive deeper into, you know, dive deeper into my situation. And I I felt more comfortable with someone that understood that plight. So uh, it was the best thing. It, It really was. I got a lot accomplished and it brought more clarity and perspective to where I was in life mm-hmm. and come to find out the woman had a child that was beginning that process. He was an athlete mm-hmm. that were, was getting highly touted. So we helped each other in a sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, you definitely, you definitely should do that. And we also yeah. need to go get our prostate. Oh yeah, <laughs> We <laughs> yes. got time, right? Was it? I, I, I'm not 40 yet. Well, it's 50, right? Well, I guess for no, it don't hurt we, need, to get it. we need to go. So from this, I turned 39 recently. So I told myself every birthday I need to go get checked right. prostate or something just to make sure right. everything else right. is, is well. Right. You trying to make me a better person. I don't I don't know about <laughs> this. You trying to make me do too much. I got to go to therapy. I got to get my prostate check. I got to. No, you don't have to. You don't. No, you you're don't right. I to. need I, to. <laughs> so uh, I, I can't help but think about. You know, when, when you see moments like this or something you said earlier about most fans see the big collisions, the big stories, they hear about the bigger stories. And I heard you talking about it on your platform earlier today about the other guys, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, the running backs, the linebackers. There's a there's a big everyone on that field. I mean, we see that we make so much out of the quarterback and his situation because they're always talked about. But. Listen, you can't take the violence away from this sport. And that front seven, they are banging heads every single snap. Practice, uh, for months at a time, these guys are dealing with this. And there aren't big collisions, but there are multiple collisions just, just um, you know, all the time. So uh, 
I can't help but think about some of the guys who I've had to talk to who are dealing with things. A lot of them have been linebackers, mm-hmm. defensive guys. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know if there's a direct correlation there, but, you know, that needs to be brought, more attention needs to be talked about in terms of uh, those guys. But again, you know, we could talk about it to the sun, the, the, you know, the, the cows come home, but you know, it's, it, you can't take the violence out of the sport. And unfortunately, you know, that's a part of it. And that's why we, don't we understand it too. That's the, that's the tough thing. Or one of the toughest things is we don't understand what leads to some guys having long-term issues and other guys not, you know, like there could be like, um, preconditions that you have uh, in your own like genetics that we don't know about and it could be the repeated hits it could like have something like we don't know enough about it but the game is so popular and so interesting that like there's no time to stop right (laughs) and figure everything out and then you plan like i think that's the scariest part about the risk that you're taking is you don't know how high the risk is you know like there, there's, I don't know. There's plenty of, uh, I've been around old, older retired football players who are fine, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Plenty of them, and I've also been around plenty of them that I'm like, oh, <laughs> that <Yeah>. that's <laughs> terrifying. And like it's like I said, it's not always going to be a suicide or a, a murder suicide or something like that. Like it can also just be miserable, like <laughs> just yeah. miserable. And like, I, I don't know. I don't want to be that burden to anybody. You don't want to be that burden to anybody. And also I don't want to go through that. Like I, <laughs> right. I, I want to be, yeah. I want to keep living the way I'm living. <laughs> I, I, can I ask you this last thing and then mm-hmm. we can wrap it up. Do you feel like you have, do you, do you feel like you intentionally are try to be more busy just to keep, your head stimulated so you don't fall into this dark all the time. Place. Yeah. All the time. I think that's Im- that's important. At least again, I, we don't know enough about it, but like I feel happier when I have a purpose. I feel happier when I have a reason to do something. I'm motivated even when I'm like, man, I don't feel like doing this. I got to stay up late and research this or write that or I got to do another show, another podcast. I don't feel like doing it. But like the feeling that someone's relying on you, you have some purpose, you wake up and you're like, man, I got to do this. Like that's more valuable to me. No doubt. Than, than anything. I think keeping active mentally, at least, even if it's like, just like, I got to read this book, I'm going to finish this book by the end of this month, you know, like those sorts of little goals, you know, like help a lot. But anyway, I appreciate you, brother. Um, Athletes unplugged. Y'all can go listen to my man. Um, and I'm a bust your ass in pickleball. You let me <laughs> Not know when. Not a chance. And my uh, knee brother. feels better, by the way. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him about how you popped your knee when we was playing <laughs> basketball. I don't even know what you did to it, but our old asses were trying to play basketball. And you just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Was I on defense or were you? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you was on defense. Yeah, and my my yeah. I hadn't moved that fast laterally yeah. in a very long time. You and, started uh, getting competitive. We was we was messing around, and then you started getting intense. So let's yeah, let's I keep played a light on pickleball. I played a win, <laughs> and my knee was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not today, buddy. Not uh, today. All right, brother. All right, brother. Appreciate it. 
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Nice to I'm see good. you on a Friday. I know. I mean, nice to see me on a Friday. You see me every Friday. <laughs> I know. Nice to see you on a screen. I don't know how many serious conversations you and I have had about this. And I don't know. I figured I would use the podcast as a trick to get you to tell me how you actually feel about it. Because I think anytime these things come up and I'm a former player, which I assume most people who are listening know and when I started playing football, I didn't like none of us knew about the risk of CTE. I'm not sure that I would have done anything differently had I known because the outcome for me, at least, has been really exceptional. And uh, you and I have talked and I've written about the fear of CTE, like I've written about the fear of that like a uh, kind of a hidden monster climbing up and entering in my life. I've also written about like uh, the year that I spent in Atlanta when I kind of felt like all of my sacrifices were potentially not going to pan out into some big contract that would have made it all worth it. But it worked out for me. But that particular year was like the most depressed I've ever felt like I was. And that was not connected to CTE, but I often go back to that time in my life when I imagine what it would be like to live with uh, some level of like depression or dementia or something like that. And I imagine like if that period, which was probably the 
toughest kind of darkest um period i had if that was like every day forever not just for a season but every morning i woke up i felt like that and every night and all the time i often think about would i still be happy with this trade-off that i've made right and so and this is assuming like even if stuff did pan out financially you yourself yeah i mean certainly if it didn't because i think i you said for you it worked out and i think you know I heard you say earlier, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. You can finish. With no, go ahead, please. Okay. I've heard you say before, and I and I kind of and I understand it um, that it worked out for you financially, and not even just that you made money playing football, but that it opened up so many other doors. I mean, I probably wouldn't have met you if you, at least as a little kid, didn't play football. Which isn't I get like I'm not the be all and end all of your life. Um, we met at Maryland. So like, had you not gone there and you say you probably wouldn't have gone there, even though you're from the state of Maryland, um, if you didn't play football. And so I'm grateful, selfishly, that you played football. And obviously it's, you know, let us do a lot of things in life financially, but outside of just the financial stuff, like the opportunities you've had, like to go to HBS, like probably those look different if you hadn't been president of the NFLPA. So all that you learned as president of the PA, like I think football has really shaped your life outside of just the monetary stuff. And so I know you say you wouldn't go back. And I think I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't have any <laughs> say in this, you know, or any any thoughts about you at all if it weren't for you having played football and, and enough in Maryland where we met. But, um, but I think about people who got just as many injuries or potential, you know, injuries, um, concussive events, whatever, who didn't make it to the NFL or didn't make it to a contract. And especially the ones who didn't make it to the NFL, was it worth it for them? I think about our son who wants to play football, who might have some of my athleticism, so I don't know how far he'll make it. Um, like, is it worth it for him as his parents? Would we let him play? I've never asked you this question because I think either one of us, whenever we get close to a conversation about, um, like, my future health one or both of us are not interested in having that conversation so like i'll make a joke and like my jokes are normally dark or it's like oh whatever i'm gonna go crazy and lose my mind anyway and we move on or you'll make you'll change the subject i don't really think you make jokes as much as you just push it off but like are there ever any actual thoughts or concerns because i um it pops up. So I, the, the USA Today piece that I wrote that like led to me getting the job at ESPN. Do you ever actually like think about or worry about or consider the possibility? I, I brought up the piece because in there I pointed out how like minor things that could be a result of aging is like I forget a word. I forget and that's a name, what I tell I myself. Lose my yeah. stuff. Right. Right. And that's the point. It's like lots. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. And um, is it just me like being a normal person or is this the sign of, and like, if, if I get angry, like I, I'm not a, I don't know. I'm not an angry person. I would say you can know better than me. It's like, I'm pretty calm normally, but like, 
I feel like I find myself getting angrier or quicker to anger than I ever was before. And like, I was wondering if when you had, when you see things like that, what goes I'm typically a very anxious person. You and I can agree. Um, and so like I have Crohn's disease and a long time ago, I've had it since I was like a teen, a long time ago, I read something that like, was just not, a, it's true that you're more, it's more likely that you may get some of the gastrointestinal cancer. So I get colonoscopies every year. I worry about me dying of, you know, colon cancer or esophageal cancer or whatever. Um, so I think just like there's different things to worry about for everybody, especially as an anxious person. So I worry about things for myself. I worry about things for our children. I do worry about that for you. I worry about heart disease also for you. Like, um, I think almost. Why heart disease? Just because I'm a black man? Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work out enough. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but um, and back when you were trying to get bigger to play football, you were eating some fatty stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to bulk up, but but I would worry about heart disease. I think without all those um burritos. Oh, no, I remember I got uh we when I was with the Broncos, they did some sort of like uh vascular test and and came back with some pretty bad results for me, and I went on to to have a meat lover's pizza, <laughs> deep dish meat lover's pizza. And I remember you tried to it make me eat right. We were just dating back then. It but was anyway, disgusting. It was just, oh, it, was it was just so dripping fat off of it. Now I would love that pizza back then. I would have never <laughs> eaten it. Um, but uh, anyway, so I do, of course I worry about you. I worry about me. I worry about you. I worry about, you know, but it the doesn't kids. feel any different. Like, I think it's almost like I'm naively hopeful that like, you'll be fine. I tell myself, oh, you yeah. were a cornerback. Honestly, remember, you didn't even like to tackle. You can admit that yourself. Like, Ooh, like nobody likes to tackle. <laughs> and you would avoid it at all costs as the guy that no, held the Foxworth. No. I mean, you wouldn't, but like the guy that held the Foxworthless sign said you would. And now I look back gratefully on that. Anything. I know. But now like, I'm like, oh yeah, he didn't love to tackle. Oh, he had less, you know, these concussive events than some people have. And I get that that's just me lying to myself because obviously it does scare me and I am worried. I think I'm grateful that, you know, we, and I'm mindful that we need to have resources and I'm grateful that, you know, the NFLPA and the NFL have whatever programs they have and whatever offer, whatever help they offer only once there's a problem. Unfortunately, I wish right. they could do more such as like, giving players health insurance like for a yeah. lifetime like i think there's more that can be done um just to watch out for you guys long term but they do do something um i'm grateful that because you did play football um and you've it's opened up these other opportunities for you that if ever you know things do get bad we do have resources to get the care like you always joke like don't you try to do it yourself put me in a home of course i'm going to try to do it myself yeah that's that's half joking and half serious like uh, nobody want to be a burden when i i mean i don't know it's, don't don't put me in a cheap place but I'll, I'll tell avery she'll take care of me put me in a place that is high I'll quality but like i don't want to be that's a terrible thing to have to think about and consider particularly when you don't know that you're making that decision I guess it doesn't make it any different I don't think I would have done anything differently like I would have still played football if I known about this risk because there was no other way for me to have the amount of opportunities that I had like there's no other obvious way that I can think of or efficient. I'm so grateful that all of that stuff came out after you were injured, you know, like, I mean, obviously I wish it had come out before. I mean, it should have, the NFL knew about it, but 
um, when you were already not playing, this is something, at least that's when it came to my attention about how yeah, dangerous it, it football came out could before be. then. <laughs> well, but, but I, I mean, it was, around, it was it. around the same, it was around it was the close. same time. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was right. And I was so grateful because I remember when you, it was actually right before you got traded for Denver somehow, I don't know how, and maybe it's because I heard about Ryan's situation, but I don't even think so. What year was, did Ryan have the issues in Denver? Yeah, it was, I... I don't remember. So Ryan Clark, a friend and colleague, played for the Steelers, has the sickle cell trait. He ended up having um, the altitude in Denver caused the sickle cell trait, which is something that I think only black people can carry. Um, it flared up and caused some organs to fail that they ended up taking out. Um, and then he couldn't play in Denver going forward. Um, I played in Denver for three years. I also have the sickle cell trait. Uh and the Ryan Clark story didn't come out until after I had already been traded. So, but I had found out about it. Like somehow, oh, remember? Oh yeah, I do actually about this. And I, I found like a Howard study talking about Howard University um, study talking about how working out or something in high altitudes yeah. can be bad for people with sickle cell trait. So I was like, Dominique, you can't like, you have to stop doing this. Like, what am I supposed to do? This is my team. Like, this is where I play. I've been fine for two years. It was your, you've even maybe been fine for three years. I think it was after your third year. And so at that moment with that, you're like, of course I'm keep playing. I'm like, but look, it says this can happen and this can happen. And you're like, Ashley. And I, again, was kind of like, well, you're right. You've been there for three years. Like your, your body can handle it. But I think that like, you know, you do, you were willing to play through that. And had you known about the head stuff earlier, you probably would have been willing to play through it. But I'm so grateful that I didn't know about it because I was frantic about um, that, like knowing in that moment you were playing or working out in the high altitude with sickle cell trait and what that can mean for your health. And so I, when you played football, I just went to the games and I would sit and like get popcorn. Like I didn't really watch because I didn't know, understand the game, to be quite honest. Like it wasn't interesting to me. Your mom would start clapping and I would clap or she would boo and I would boo. Um, but I, I'm grateful that I wasn't paying attention because I, I, took me till after you stopped playing and I would hear about the dangers of it to realize like how violent it was. Um, and now I actually kind of enjoy watching football, which I suppose I should feel guilty about. Um, but, um, but now I think it's a very interesting game. Um, but I didn't understand it then. I didn't understand how violent it was. And I think that I and the general public didn't understand how dangerous it was um, for people long-term for, because of the concussive events. And so, so I can't imagine had you played then, and I can't imagine what it's like for families of people who play now. Um, because, because like, yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunities it's given you and it's given us, but in the moment, like with the sickle stuff, sickle cell trait stuff, I couldn't sit there, you know, and be like, I really, really, really love you, but I want this person more. So you go out there and risk your head. I think it's, it's not that simple a decision. Obviously right. this is something that you've worked your whole life to do and that you're good at and that can really change your family's lives for generations. Right. And it's your passion. Like, like I mentioned our son who, my son has had two concussions outside of football. Like he's a climber and he falls sometimes. Um, and so thinking about that, he's nine. He's had two concussions outside of football. He's very smart. He goes to a good school. Like, like he doesn't need to play football to have opportunities open right. up to him that have that you had to play football to have, I guess, because you know, we've been mm -hmm. able through so much of like, you know, our networks and some of many of them come from your career to open these doors for him without him needing to be a professional athlete. But he loves football. Um, and so what will we do when he 
is like, I can't imagine watching him play, particularly like high school level football. Like you're not even getting anything for that. You know, like you're not, you're getting the opportunity to go off and be successful and have more doors open for you. But like, you're just doing it because you love it. Watching him do that. I, I can't, I don't know, like, you know, when it's time for us to make the decision of whether or not he can play tackle football, which we let him play flag. And now he loves flag and he's better at it than he could be. And so naturally he's going to want to play tackle. Um, So it's, that's scary. Like I can't imagine knowing what we know now and understanding how violent the game is and how dangerous it is. Well, that was the last place I was going to go. You're such a great podcast guest that you took us exactly where I wanted to go. But what do you think about it? About Lennon? Um, I when he was born, I was adamantly opposed to it. Yes. And it's to your point, it's it's a lot harder when uh, he's a person who like Loves. it feels like he gets passionate about very few things. <laughs> you know it's like and that's one of them he doesn't like other sports is yeah we tried. i literally only got him to go to school this morning this is embarrassing to admit he was tired because i said you won't be able to play football on sunday like like you're a student you know like i, I was never a student athlete but i heard people say that you're a student first like you have to go to school if you think you're gonna play football and like like that's how much he loves it he, he really does not want to go to school yeah and it's just yeah he well anyway all right. Well, I love you. Love you. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.